0: For Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football!
1: Look who I found. It's been like a year and a day since Riley Corcoran, my great friend, and the voice of the Grizz joined us in studio. That's how we get started. Welcome in. New On Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. The rivalry weekend, fast approaching. Ton to get to today. Tomorrow's going to be a really heavy Cat Grizz show, so uh, be uh, prepared and stay tuned for that. Pretty much... uh, Subjects from around the rivalry will join us tomorrow. We will have one today, though. Darian White, star point guard for the Montana State women's basketball team. She'll join us here about 4.30. We're also going to have a debut. A young lady that actually I covered back when she was a high school hooper at Missoula Sentinel. Now she's the head coach of Hellgate. That makes me feel old. But Maddie Keast is uh, doing good things there at Hellgate. They won again on Tuesday night over Great Falls. So Hellgate is undefeated 4-0 in Western AA play. So we'll talk to uh, Maddie Keast about her new gig over there at Hellgate. She'll join us about 4.45. Carolyn, she doesn't know sports, will join us uh, at the top of the second hour to talk all things Tom Brady, of course. Is he done? Is he not done? I also got some Aaron Rodgers uh, talking there as well. And uh, we'll keep on with our recruiting coverage as well. The Grizz have now added five, count them, five transfers, including four from the FBS ranks, but one from the FCS ranks. And that young man, a transfer offensive lineman from uh, Utah Tech, formerly Dixie State, Uh, he'll join us as well. Andrew actually caught up with uh, Mr. Cannon about uh, a week ago, so we'll play that one for you before the show's over. But we get started with the man, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, uh, here in studio. That's your show, Outlook, presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team, the Wahlberg team the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have, give Britt and his team a call today. This will be our Big Sky Spotlights presented by Maldonado Law. Maldonado Law, your Big Sky Defender. Need help dealing with the insurance companies? Give Dave Maldonado and his team a call. You can find them at bigskydefender.com. What's up, dude? We haven't seen you in a while.
2: I, this is crazy. I was actually having a flashback. I saw Andrew walking in. And yeah. It's probably been two months since I've For been sure. in studio. You've been I on mean, the
1: show a bunch, but I got not a bunch, but uh, a couple times. But yeah, well, in the studio, it's been a while.
2: Crossover season hits, man. And all, all of a sudden, it's two months later, and here we are. I mean, that's I know beginning of basketball season. Uh, I remember that November. I was actually supposed to be on with you, and I was like, oh, wait, I'm on a plane to Pittsburgh. Sorry. That's right. and, and fast forward two months here. It's great to be with you. You know me. I, this is one of the, the special weekends of the year. I think that everyone talks about the football weekend, but when you have these double headers back-to-back back and you can pack four to 7,000 people in throughout the course of a day, it's special. I'm getting excited, geared up, all prepped. Uh, listen to you and Krista yesterday, nice. kind of the primer. And, and uh, I think we've had a good enough of a sample size, too, to where we have a good base of the Big Sky Conference. At least we know. So we've got so much to dive into. Hit me with whatever you want. I, I think you're drinking Kool-Aid or something today from Florence Coffee. <laughs> I, I but, got my uh, lotus,
1: got okay, my plant-based right. energy. Thanks to Florence Coffee for keeping us fueled up. No matter where you're at in uh, Montana, there's a Florence Coffee Company kiosk uh, near you. Before we get to the, the basketball rivalry, a bunch of other stuff to get to. um First of all, it's hilarious the way that Twitter sort of uh drums up and, and sort of maestros the people, right? R.J. Martinez, one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Sky Conference He at, at Northern Arizona, he entered the NCAA transfer portal after the season. And uh, as as fan bases are, are uh, want to do, they there was a lot of scuttle on, oh, the Grizz should go get this guy. I, I thought that just because of where the kid's from, he's from Texas, if you're a Division One guy that's going to transfer to another Division I school, I figure you're probably going to go closer to home because there's, what, like 15
2: Division I programs in there Texas? There's so many that are closer than Montana. I mean, right. everyone would just love to drop the scenario. Oh, just a straight swap, right? Brit from Martinez. Right. Wasn't quite the case, and I think that, that this will kind of draw a theme going forward it's because martinez had so much time i think of eligibility left that that's right. maybe that's why he's picked up by somebody bigger but yeah he had a, a lot of big fish in the pond there baylor that's a pretty big game. Uh, so martinez commits
1: today to baylor and uh for those wondering what the sort of the, the specifics are i'm i'm assuming but i i think it's a pretty strong assumption that he is a scholarship player at baylor they did a press release and they talked about, you know, everybody that he chose Baylor over. So, I mean, the athletic department's acknowledging it. So, I think that means he's a scholarship guy.
2: Well, there's no releases on walk-ons, at least at this time of year. Oh, especially at the FBS, right? I right. mean,
1: we only have, what, three walk-ons on the whole team? So, I really, yeah, I mean, I think he's a scholarship guy. A
2: scholarship guy at Baylor. It'll be fun to watch him. And then I, I know the other guy, too, that obviously uh, made waves with Afonso going to San Jose yeah, State. Afonso I mean, Afonso
1: announced last night on the way to San Jose State. Oh, man.
2: Uh, first reaction. For when you read it, my, when you my, saw my, the first, My
1: first reaction was that Montana State would beat San Jose State straight up. Absolutely. So he's not going to a better team. That, that said, though, that, like I always try to remind people, there's a whole lot of other nuance that goes into why guys transfer. I mean, Isaiah Fonse hails from Seattle, Washington. He's from the big city. So maybe he wants to go just live in San Jose. He's a very smart guy. I think he's, he's getting some sort of engineering, computer science type. He already has that degree. Maybe he's got an internship lined up. I mean, we're speculating now. But, like, the opportunities in San Jose are huge. San Jose is a huge city. Maybe he wants to live in a huge city. I don't know. A lot of times there's a lot more that goes into it than just football. And uh, uh, But also, just according to his Twitter account, that was his only offer. So it might have been the only offer that he had. I don't know. He might have not tweeted some of the other offers. Uh, it, It was a little bit strange. Um but, I, I mean, I, uh, my stance is always that you wish the kid the best because, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, almost none of these guys are going to the NFL because no one goes to the NFL. So, if you want to have a new adventure, good for you.
2: Well, without, without question, and he gave Montana State a lot of his time, talents, efforts, all of that, and wish him the best moving forward. At the same time, you just wonder, right, is it because... San Jose State is on TV every single week from a national standpoint. Sure. Is it because they've had a running back in the last decade that maybe has gone on to play pro? Is it more of just the internal challenge of, hey, I've accomplished everything that I can at Montana State, and I just want to see if I can do it at another level? All of those things, all of it's speculation. I would gather that it's probably one of those three.
1: The other thing that I thought, my second reaction was this. It, the, uh, the, the 2018 recruiting class in the Big Sky Conference included this quintet of some of the most talented running backs I've ever seen in the league, especially guys that were able to break in the lineup really early. You had Isaiah Fonson at Montana State. You had Josh Davis at Weber State. You had Elijah Dotson at Sac State. You had Alonzo Gilliam Man. at UC Davis. And who's the fifth? Well, I guess Marcus, Marcus I was, sort of, was sort of part of that class, even though he wasn't from that same high school class. But all five of those guys were All-Americans in their first year at their school. Josh Davis was the National Freshman of the Year at Weber I mean, Isaiah Fonse is the first freshman to ever rush for 1,000 yards at Montana State. Alonzo Gilliam was a 1,000-yard rusher three times over at his time at UC Davis. But then you see as the the uh, sort of the, the wheel of time spins, by the end, Gilliam was the only one that was really playing at a super high level
2: for the duration of his senior season. It shows you how hard it is to play running back. Well, two observations come from that. Number one, that core five that you just said helped kind of change or... Alter the landscape of big sky football, right from the so. high flying league to like, hey, we have really skilled running backs, and it might be more of a ground and pound in a way. And I, you know, we've talked about that. You guys have chronicled that on Skyline, but also goes to show you the shelf life of a running back. Now we see it at the NFL level where guys might have two, three, four years in their prime. Right. Shoot, now you've even seen it at the college level. And those guys, and this is no knock on anyone for the their usage, but man, those five guys got used a ton as freshmen Davis and Afonso kind of stand out to me. Me on that. And it's the reason why they've both been hampered with injuries as well.
1: Nuanez now at ESPN radio, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz in studio with me, Colter nuanas It also is interesting too, because when you talk about, I mean, we always view this sort of through the lens of pro sports and um, it used to be that pro prof, going from college to professional, there was so much merit to it, right? There was a meritocracy there. What did you accomplish in college to then translate you to the pros? The all-time leading rusher at whatever school you want to name it has a way less chance of going to the NFL than the dude who's whatever at Alabama. That's why Alabama and Georgia and the SEC schools, they have this unbelievable pipeline going because you come in there, you learn how to do it, but you don't have to take any wear and tear it. You start for one year and then you go to the league. You don't have to have 4,000 rushing yards and 4 million carries like a lot of these guys are
2: getting. Give me another position that's like, because I agree with you, yeah. but give me another position that's like that where it's like, okay, we We want people that maybe don't go wear and tear on their bodies so much and so they're fresher when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, we don't need to see that much production in college. It's Uh, unique with running backs. It's
1: it's unique. You're seeing a little bit on the front seven as well. Like a lot of those guys on Georgia's front seven last year, like Jordan Davis, for example, I mean, he was like a a one-and-a-half-year starter. That was the big knock on him. He's only playing 37 plays a game. How's he going to play in the NFL? I used to always say, well, one, he's only playing 37 plays a game because the Georgia defense is so freaking good that they're forcing three and outs on every single possession. And second, also, in the NFL, the game's only 65 or 70 snaps long. All you need is this guy to play 40 plays. He'll be fine. But either way, I think you're seeing a little bit there, but that's part of what is the brilliance of this SEC just factory is that these guys don't have a lot of tread on the tires. They're not these four-year starters because they just go in there, they have their one or two years, boom, you're drafted. And uh, you don't have all these tre- all this tread on the tires.
2: It's the closest thing that we have in football to a triple A system. I mean, the SEC is triple A. You could maybe say that the rest of the leagues are double A or single A. That, right. That's just kind of how true. I equated my mind with, with what they do. We've seen it unfortunately trickling all the way down to the FCS level. Instead of getting someone like a Dante Olsen, who's the all-time right. leading tackler, they're going to get a backup. From the SEC, right. because quite frankly, for exactly what you just said and the production, they know that they've been there. They're going through NFL-type programs. Anyway, it's the nature of the beast, and it's kind of fun to, to look back and just see how we've seen college football and the NFL shift in the last decade. Speaking of
1: um, FCS guys chasing pro dreams, the Hula Bowl this last week, Patrick O'Connell and uh, Justin Ford, both the University of Montana guys, uh, training down there. Any the intel? I mean, it's just cool to see those guys just kind of you know putting themselves out there. They both played pretty well in the game. They
2: both played really well, and I think that that those are the two guys that would love to see a Malik Flowers get a chance too, but yeah. I, I think it'd be an opportunity. But those are the three that I do think have a chance. And talking with actually both of them after the Hula Bowl, Pat's staying down there to train. And so that's kind of home base for him for three months. And I yeah. think that's super beneficial for him. Justin, I'm not quite sure on his plans, but man, you got to love the upside. First play of the game, they go right out of him. He breaks it up. He's just got that swag, that moxie for that sure. fits at the next level. I really believe, Coulter, that... One will get drafted, if not both, and both will be in a camp, which is really cool to see. It hasn't happened in a while for
1: Grizzly football. It has happened in a while for Grizzly football, for sure. I uh, ran into Patrick O'Connell up in the Flathead over New Year's, and he was telling me he's going to go train with Tom Shaw, which, yep. for those that follow along, you know, there's so much that goes into this, so much of making it to the top level of your sport. You need talent, you need work ethic, but you also need opportunity, and you also need some stuff to go your way. Like, who's your agent? How are you going to prepare before the draft? All that stuff. When Patrick told me that he was training with Tom Shaw, I was like, yes, man, that's awesome. Because I have seen Tom Shaw turn so many guys into elite-level athletes. O'Connell's already a great athlete. But, I mean, that's the thing, man. At this level, when they put you on the gun and they're timing your forty your 40-time, seconds is going to be the difference. And if you can shave .2 seconds
2: off, now all of a sudden you got a chance. Well, and especially when they might be changing positions or making him more of a hybrid role. And I think that's the biggest adjustment for Pat and why he's down there trying to learn it more. And we all know he's a student of the game as well. So I'm with you. I'm intrigued to see him. I think Justin Ford, where he plays, what he does is a known commodity. Patrick O'Connell is going to have to work for it, I think, to show that he can play multiple positions and make up for maybe the lack of certain metrics and numbers that might come to place but he he knows he's got a lot of fans back here rooting for him
1: for sure i mean the thing that o'connell does at an elite level and i always say to make it to the professional level you have to have at least one elite skill he has an elite get-off coming off the edge that said he's only about six one and a half six two he doesn't have the length that a lot of the pro scouts want but i think of o'connell very much in the same fold as when dane fletcher was coming out of montana state comparison fletcher's a little bit uh, thicker, like a little bit, uh, has a little bit more mass, but I do think O'Connell's probably going to figure out a way to put on 10 pounds to get to the, you know, the 235, 240 range. But if he can translate and and play like stand up inside
2: linebacker in a, in an odd man front, like Dane Fletcher learned how to do, I think he's got a chance. I think he's got a great chance. And I also think that I'm intrigued to see him as he gets into maybe a newer weight program or newer training habits, how his body transforms and how his body also can stay healthy. Patrick O'Connell was 100% for what the last two years? Maybe less than 50% yeah, of games. I know jail, that. Right, so totally. I'm just, I-, I want that for him. I want him to be able to beat his best at 100% because I do think he's an NFL player. For that
1: I office. mean, that's so funny because I remember when Alex Singleton from Montana State went down and trained with Tom Shaw. He had a 12-week program. He comes back and he was already a great athlete, but he comes back and he's just shredded and he's looking great. And I said, man, what'd you do? He said, well, first of all, I had a 12-week training program that came with nutrition and also you know i wasn't around all my buddies so i'm not you know going downtown and drinking <laughs> beer and eating burgers all the time so all of a sudden you know it, it helps you quite a bit so uh, good luck to both those guys uh, two of our favorites and uh hopefully they uh they get an opportunity at least uh, to prove themselves new is now espn radio uh, swx montana television and the espn mt app riley corcoran Voice of the Grizz joining me, Coulter Nuanas here in studio. It's our Big Sky Spotlight, presented by Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. Visit BigSkyDefender.com to see more about how Dave can help you. Um Anything else on the... Uh, oh, I guess I didn't even ask you about the other one. The breaking news of yesterday from the Grizz side of things. Marcus Nico on the Grizz lacrosse team. What do you think of that?
2: How about that? I mean, good for him. I agree, I, you man. You know what? I, mean, I thought
1: I, it was refreshing. like right? Very refreshing.
2: You th- know what? Th- got- wants to stick around Missoula. He wants to finish his degree. He doesn't want to transfer. Okay, and it's cool. And who's for anybody to, to knock totally. anyone for chasing a passion? I mean, right. that guy has been good at anything he's wanted to do. Yep. He is... For one reason or another, football's just not in the cards moving forward. He wants to challenge to see what he can do in lacrosse. I totally. I am so excited and happy for Marcus Knight, and, and kudos to you guys for breaking that. I think a lot of people thought you were pulling an April Fool's joke out <laughs> of <on laughs> totally, <in> January, yeah. <laughs> but I mean that—that's great. I mean, we knew his lacrosse background from covering yeah. him. I'm kind of excited to see him now with his newer frame, or if he maybe trims his frame down for sure. again, from from how he bulked up a bit, right? Totally. When he was off, yeah, he put on uh, some weight for sure. How does that translate? Um, on lacrosse, sure. lacrosse i should say so I, that'll be interesting yeah, I mean, he'll be a very he will be
1: uh exceptionally big fast and strong when it comes to do you the, want to uh, be on the other end of that with him coming with the stick <laughs> that's no, a man. violent game for Real, people oh, that have not sure. watched that it's violent uh, i mean i'm always telling people we'll have grizzly lacrosse action for you all spring long uh if you have never watched it watch it it's it's fun to watch man it's a high action sport uh and it's certainly a uh, very entertaining last thing on the football note before we talk some cat grizz hoops what we, you and I, we are we're always breaking down the games and the state of the program and all that stuff. I never ask you like the open ended questions. What is your perspective on just like the state of affairs in recruiting and recruiting in college football? I mean, what do you think of all this? I mean, because it is like. It, it makes my brain hurt sometimes, man. Because like, there's so much good and so much bad all at the same time. There's ten million different ways that programs could go about it. It's just, it's, it's a, it's an ever-moving target.
2: It is, and I think just from my personal opinion on all of it, it, it seems very messy, right? It's yeah, constantly right. messy, and I, you know. I don't want to get too philosophical, but it's kind of a microcosm of what we're at in society and life today. We're always trying to, to move forward and go for a better option or, or think the grass is always greener. I would like to see more of a mandate in there of if you transfer, that's fine. You get that one-time transfer, sure. but you got to commit two years. You got to commit to something for two years, and if it's not for you, and we're seeing it now, not naming specific teams, but football, basketball teams, in the middle of your first season. Bailing, bailing—that is so not what you I, want for I, I totally, life. I
1: totally agree with that. Justin Udy, Montana State wide receivers coach, pointed this out to me. He said, "Hey, he said, what did you? What were you thinking? Like three quarters of the way through your first semester in college?" I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's was, it was hard. You know, I, I didn't want to live in the dorms anymore. I wanted to get my own place, or I wanted to move home, or whatever." That's like everybody, right? Like, you you know, you've lived with your mom and dad your whole life, and then you go live somewhere else, and it's weird, and you got to eat at the food zoo, and mom's not cooking you dinner, whatever, and you're feeling weird about it, right? I agree with you. you. I think that one transfer, good, that's fine, whatever. But also, I don't think you should be allowed to leave after one semester. I think you have to stay at the place you're at for at least a year or maybe even a year and a half.
2: I'm with you. And then you add in the NIL stuff, too. Oh man, I will admit, NIL kind of makes my head spin. Maybe in my role, I should take more of a part in trying to understand it or just trying to get into the day-to-day. I kind of refuse to right now, culture, because uh, it's still... Just brings a different element to college athletics that uh, I think all of us are still trying to grasp and understand. But my take on that is, by the time I understand it, the rules and the regulations are probably <laughs> right. going to change. So why? It, it's interesting. I, I try and appreciate the games for what they are, and that's what we talk about. But it's uh, it's interesting to take a step back and really look at Did it.
1: Did you see the the uh, Jaden Rashada, the kid that was committed to Florida? Under the auspices 13, that he was going to get a thirteen million dollar in- NIL get out of I- here,
2: dude.
1: Th- this is like uh, if you are going to go and you are going to get you know sh- yourself some free car washes or some free pancakes or like even a new truck to drive around or something cool. That's fine. I- I'm all about it. Trayvon Walker, who's the number one pick in the NFL draft last year, makes four point one million dollars to be the starting defensive end from a- for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they won a playoff game last week. That's a crazy amount of money for a 20-year-old kid. Yes. To offer an 18-year-old kid who's not even in college yet $13 million to come play for your school, that to me is not what this is supposed to be all about.
2: It's gotten out of control, and there's no regulation with it, too, because of what's going on with the NCAA. So that is... 13 million dollars. 13 million dollars. What would you have done? With, <laughs> if someone says 13 million, go, yeah. No, I don't think we would have made it until 25. There's no way. I, mean,
1: yeah, I probably would have moved to like Dubai and spent all of it in the as fast as I possibly could. I would have brought everybody I know and it would have been gone.
2: Vegas blowout weekend with Colton.
1: <laughs> is now ESPN Radio, uh, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN uh, MT app. Uh, how about this matchup then on Saturday? Uh, Riley, Voice of the Grizz. Joining us, uh, Ryan Corkin, Voice of the Grizz uh, here on Nuanas. Now you can find his calls on the uh, Grizzly Radio Network this upcoming weekend. And you're calling both the games. So, calling both. So w- what are you thinking about the uh, first? Let's just start with the women's game then. I think that's uh, it's pretty intriguing because the men's, Montana State's uh, had this great little surge in, in men's basketball. They won the league last year, they split Cat Grizz, but Montana has dominated the rivalry for a decade plus on the men's side. On the women's side, It was all Montana for 40 years, and now it's been all Montana State for about five, six years, and so I think that one's a little bit different just because it's unfamiliar territory for the Lady Grizz to be the ones trying to even the docket in the rivalry. Well,
2: and it still is. It still is for this youth movement. It still is. Just call it what it is for the coaching staff, maybe minus Nate Harris, who's been around this rivalry for uh, a couple of years now, being at both spots, but... I still think that as of right now, the changing of the guard is in transition or the Lady Grizz need to try and steal it away because you look at just the roster breakdown, right? You've got the mainstays for the Lady Grizz, but you got the freshman movement coming in and it's going to be even the the next recruiting class with Brian Holsinger trying to take over this rivalry back. And then you look at what Trisha Binford has on the other side. It's all upperclassmen. I mean, they are going all in. These next two, you look at the, the seniors for with sure. White and Bad Bear and then the junior class they have that's so strong. It feels like... To To me, this is the most, I don't want to say the most in her 16, 17 years. She's been coaching a long time, but senior late, upperclassman late, where you don't see that that much anymore in college sports. And and I think that Montana State's building for this. They're playing really good basketball right now. I think after the Monday head-scratcher for the Lady Grizz, it's kind of a, okay, I thought this team was moving forward, three-game winning streak. You're coming back home for a four-game homestand. Still more question marks, I think, with the Lady Grizz than with Montana State. That being said, they get all the confidence they need from last year. Carmen G. Feller erupts. They're going to have to ride their seniors. Now, the freshman class that Brian has in there, Coach Holsinger, they're going to learn eventually, but for the Lady Grizz to have a chance on Saturday, it's going to have to be Sammy Facken and Carmen G. Feller leading the way in that kind of environment to try and rattle every, or to settle everything down. It'll be fun to watch the four seniors. That's kind of how I'm building the storylines for the broadcast. I mean, when you have Fakken and G. Feller going against white and bad bear that's about as good as it gets it's
1: true too because Montana State yeah I mean why wouldn't you load up for this year when you have uh, arguably I mean Trisha Benford has been in Montana State for 18 seasons and she's had a, gr- a bunch of great players uh there's an argument to be had and I think you'd have a pretty good one that Darian White's the greatest player she's ever coached and I think she's one of the best players I've covered in my time covering the women's league and, you know, to have somebody that basically starts from stem to stern in their career, that's an unbelievable accomplishment no matter what sport you're talking about. And so, I mean, you want to load up for her because this is sort of her last
2: run. Uh, you do. And, and there's a reason why Montana State preseason number one, maybe a little bit of a dip. Or you look at Sacramento State, maybe people are trying to to pivot their brains that maybe Sac State's the favorite. Yeah, no, 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 They no, haven't no,
1: left no. California yet, so. Yeah, no, 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 no,
2: no. There's a clear favorite in my eyes. And it's yeah. still over in Postman. And I think that they, everyone forgets, you know, because it's topsy-turvy and there's five teams that are close to the top. This is preseason number one versus preseason number two. And, yep. and I think that as we start pointing towards Boise, these are the two teams that are going to start making a rise, which who's going to grab momentum first on Saturday always means so much. The women's game is super intriguing to me to, to kick things off at 2 o'clock. For sure.
1: Also, the, I think there's a little bit of a caveat for the record so far be, of, on both sides because of this unbalanced schedule. I mean, like the Grizz men, for example, played Eastern twice. Eastern is the best team in the league. uh, Both Montana and Montana State have played Idaho twice. They're supposed to be pretty good, even though they're sitting in ninth place, which is totally perplexing. But they, I mean, Idaho swept the Montana schools. Uh, to start conference play, so there's been a little bit of unequity in the schedule, but the uh, the girls' game should be uh, super fun for sure. And uh, you know, the Magic of Dalberg Arena, even with Montana State having the upper hand in the rivalry, they've had a hard time in Dalberg more often than not, even during uh, this successful run. On the men's side of the game, see, this is what's my number one wish for this. Is that the the big guys aren't sitting on the bench and foul trouble after the first four minutes? Please just let them play. Please, 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 please. Josh Bannon, Jabril Bell. let's not like have these guys have two fouls in the first four seconds and have them sit on the bench.
2: Deshaun Thomas, great opposite awesome for sure. Come on, let, let's keep everybody on the floor. Number one, from a depth standpoint, I don't think Coach Sprinkler, Coach Sakir wants to go too far down in their bench. But number two, we want to see the best players play. I mean, that's that's, that's what this is all about. When Jabril Bello came here a couple years ago, yes, it was a good day for the Grizzlies, but, I mean, he's in foul trouble, scoreless, one of just two times in his storied career because it's just not the same game. I, I don't want any Team X1, but if this person would have played more. I I don't want any of that. I want both teams to be at their best moving forward here and and just seeing um, what they can put together for 40 minutes. Uh, The Grizz have dominated. You said it. 20 out of the last 22. The biggest one, they've won 11 in a row against the Cats here at home. And that's a streak that, you know, you talk about a lot of streaks, and and all streaks are meant to be broken, right? Grizz beat Idaho State 22 games in a row. That was done. All of the streaks because of the Grizz maybe – little bit of average play the last two years have been ended. This is one streak that's still going, and this is one streak that means a lot to Travis DeCure and Grizzly basketball.
1: Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz, here in studio with us on Nuanas. Now. Two uh, texts in from the text line. First of all, um, a lot of statistics that we actually just covered, but they asked... What if any ramifications do these two uh, games have? I think that's what one thing I prefer about basketball over football. A lot of times, if you you lose the football game, all of a sudden everybody's talking about are you going to lose your job. In basketball, you know it's a big game for sure, but you get to play them. You get to play them in three weeks in Bozeman you know, if you're the Grizz, or you know if you're Montana State, you get to host them in three weeks, and uh, it's just one of what eighteen conference games, twenty conference, games, whatever it is. 18. Yeah. So I mean. It, it, it's not this. It's not nearly like this uh, seismic ramifications uh, if win or lose.
2: It's not. It's not like the season's over for whoever loses. And either team's on a, a crazy win streak or a losing streak to where they need to salvage their season at this point. And I go back to it. Now, that question, I would answer it differently if we had a, a race for number one of who's going to host the Big Sky Tournament. For sure. But then it would matter a lot more. Because if not, kind of getting ready for Boise, the, the ramifications aren't as high, but... My goodness, uh, you won't be able to tell the players that, at least for the 40 minutes that they're playing on Saturday.
1: The other text in, this is uh, actually not surprising to me, but it's certainly enormous news. John Stigelmeyer, head coach of South Dakota State, has announced his retirement. Wow. All I have to say is good for Coach State. Yes. Uh, i I had sort of perpetuated this narrative on this radio show that Uh, This was sort of their win one for the Gipper. You know, he has been the head coach of South Dakota State since 1997, and he's been at SDSU since, I think, the year of my birth. I mean, he's been there forever, 35 years, I think, maybe 34. But either way, he's been there since the late 80s. He's been the head coach for 26 seasons. And he started talking from the very first uh, day of fall camp that this was his best team. And then they went out and they proved that, and they won the national championship. That's what's – I mean, so often in sports these days, people hang on for too long. Brady? What what a better way – (laughs) exactly. What a better way to do it, though. I mean, you win your first national championship and the first in school history, and you're right off in the sunset. That's pretty sweet. Uh,
2: I've got two thoughts. Number one, good for Coach Tick. That is amazing. They they were the best team all year. I think everybody maybe tried to drive the narrative that, oh, uh, maybe they – they're going to go down. No. They were far and away the best team, yep. I think, from start to finish where they should have beat Iowa at the beginning if they could have gotten one touchdown. When they were healthy, they were elite, explosive, dominant. The second thought I had, the moment you said that, Jason Eck.
1: Interesting. So, they have announced that the defensive coordinator, okay. Jimmy Rogers, has okay. okay. taken over for well, the moment.
2: I think, I mean, hey, that that name for what Eck did last sure. year, valid right away. Yeah. So. Okay, so interesting. They've already already done it. I mean, this thing's probably been in the works for a while. You could tell the way Coach Stick kind of talked in interviews the selection show when they talked to him. He had this stoic, and he's got a stoic nature anyway. For sure. But you could just kind of tell. Now reading between the lines, it makes a ton of sense. So happy for him. Cool that someone actually does it the right way and goes out on top. Work hard and treat
1: people right. That's what he's always said on this show. He said that's what's kept him going, and uh, he is absolutely one of our all-time favorites. John Stigelmeier has joined us basically – Annually, if not more than that, a couple times a year, always because there's always so much crossover with the Big Sky Conference. So gracious I, with his time. He's always. so gracious with his time. He's such a straightforward, matter of fact guy. I just I love talking to him. And so, congratulations, Coach Stig, riding off in the sunset. Uh, Allah, Don Reed. It's been a little yeah. while since that has happened. When you win the Natty
2: and uh, and you you walk off. Uh, anything left to add, just about the rivalry or anything else? I'm just I'm fired up just to have it back to. 100% normal, right? And, and this is just some of the traditionalists that's been around this for a while, like you. Two years ago, we didn't have this matchup. Sure. Last year, it got bumped to Sunday for ESPN. It just didn't quite feel the same. This is the true doubleheader back in Missoula for the first time in three years. That, to me, is significant and shouldn't be lost in all of this going forward to where we have... a. Uh, Certain parts for all four of these programs, and uh it'll write another chapter in this, Robert. It'll be fun.
1: Before we get you out of here, Riley Corcoran, voice yeah. of the Grizz, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, uh the second shortest <laughs> tenure. Hold
2: on. You're really going to go back to <laughs> Hackett? I thought he's out of my nightmares <laughs> by now. Well, okay. thank you. I'm
1: glad your nightmare is over. <laughs> I mean, watching him coach was excruciating. It was like the worst experience watching the Broncos this year. Oh. Is awful. Um are you Sean Payton guy?
2: All in on Sean Payton. I mean, think of what Denver has. The defense is in place. They're great defense. The offense needs an explosion and a total reboot, but you have to keep the same quarterback right? because of so many different reasons. Oh, Cap it all of it. With that being said, Sean Payton is the perfect fit for what what Denver needs right now. They have a late first round pick that is talked about to be the compensation and call it what it is. Denver management and ownership knows they need to make a splash, number one. And number two, they've got a boatload of money. Those two things added into one. I think Sean Payton is the perfect mix. I'm all in on him. I'm convinced now. If they don't get Sean Payton, I think they're doomed for another five years. No, <laughs> I, I, it, it's, It'll be exciting, but I, I think Denver's got to go with Payton. If you're Sean Payton, Cardinals, mess. Houston, mess. Yeah. Panthers, eh. Denver. I mean, of the jobs that are open, I, I, the, Colt, Char- the Colts are okay. The, eh, yeah. I mean, Kirby it, Smart rumoredly in, re- interviewing with the Colts today. That oh, would be uh, something. From Jeff Saturday to Kirby Smart. <laughs> me break. I mean, everybody rumored maybe Peyton to the Cowboys or the Chargers if they made a knee jerk reaction and, and fired their coaches. That's not happening. Denver is the best opening. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm sure you'll get texts after I'm out the door. But at the same time, I think I think John Payton's good for Denver. You're going to have to pay for it
1: for sure. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizzly. You can find all his uh, great radio calls on the Radio uh, Grizzly Radio Network. Excuse me. You can also check him out on Inside the Den podcast. And uh, from time to time here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. One of my favorites, Darian White, point guard for the Montana State Bobcats. Up next, we'll talk to her as part of our Montana State Minute. Keep it right here. Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Colter is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylinesportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team While I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years' experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit Skyline Sports. MT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SportsMT.com. Every day, every season.
0: One, two, three. Is now on ESPN Radio.
1: We got a lineup change. Because Darian White's pre recorded and our guest is already here, we're flipping it. Matty Keist in studio with me, Coulter Nuwana's. Welcome back. It's nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Maddie, a Missoulian and somebody that played high school basketball and college basketball here in the Garden City. It is our Garden City Spotlight. She's now the head coach at the uh, at Missoula Hellgate for the girls basketball program. Our Garden City Spotlight is presented by Missoula Electric Co-op, proudly serving safe, affordable, and reliable energy to their members since 1936. I think it's probably been since you were in high school that I, since (laughs) I've interviewed you. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing really well. It's good to see you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for being here. First of all, let's start with the here and now. You guys had a big win on Tuesday, and uh, you guys have uh, been playing pretty well there at Missoula Hellgate, undefeated in Western Double A play. So yeah. uh, your first season there at Hellgate. Yeah. Uh, what do you like about the way your team's playing right now?
3: Um, honestly, everything. I just really love, you know, the group of kids that we have and just the community as a whole at Hellgate has been amazing. They've really embraced um, me and just, you know, coming in and everything. Um, a big shift from, you know, where they were at. Last year in terms of, like, the Henthorns did such an amazing job of um, – you know, getting the program kind of back on the map and and uh, nurtured that group of kids and just did an amazing job. So it's definitely big shoes to fill, but the kids have really embraced what I've tried to bring to the table and um, they're doing a great job so far.
1: What What would you say is sort of your your style? I because mean, you've, you've been you've had a couple head coaching gigs now already, and you're not very old, so I mean, <laughs> yeah. you got some experience. So what, yeah. I mean, what what do you want your program to be about?
3: Um, communication is my definitely my main point, and just. Um, Building a relationship with the kids and, and appreciate them, appreciating them as people and um, the type of human beings that they are before I care about what they do on the basketball court. That's really been um, my main focus. Um, you know, having a new coach come in, obviously there's that process where the kids have to get to, you know, learn what your style is and learn how to trust you. And um, I want to learn and take from the kids just as much as they learn and take from me. Um, it was really important when I came in, you know, to ask them what type of traditions they want to continue on um, keeping and. Um, you know, what type of basketball that they like to play. And so just asking them the questions and um, trying to meet them in the middle halfway.
1: It's such an interesting transition, too, because it's uh, sort of a co-head coach thing there. I mean, Rob and Brady yeah. Henthorne were, were coaching, and, and those guys are, are awesome, such yeah. such great guys. Yeah. Um, what do you think the, the transition's been like? I mean, how do you think you're different, maybe, than what those guys were doing? <laughs>
3: um, I mean... I don't. I don't necessarily know exactly how I'm different. I just. I think I'm authentic, and I bring. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I bring. Me to the gym and to the table every single day. Um, You know, in terms of the co-coaching, co-head coaching, um, I have a great staff, especially uh, Lee Campbell. Like her and I are essentially, you know, a duo in the sense that she is just as much of a coach as that I am a coach. Um, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without her, and so um, you know, and that goes for Ali Mo and Marisol Caro as well in terms of um, helping out with the lower programs. you know, I just tried to ask the kids questions in terms of like what they want to see, what changes they would like to see, you know, going forward and um you know, as different kids step into different roles, that's been really important. Um the the group that Robin Brady had, you know, is not the same group that is here this totally. year. And so um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a competition to see what Robin Brady did and what I'm gonna do and stuff like that, but just try and take the kids that are there and make the most out of it. Matty Keystone and us
1: in studio here on Nuanas now. It's our Garden City spotlight. It's presented by uh, Liberty Safes and First National Pawn. Liberty Safes, the highest quality and reliability there is. There's nothing like owning a Liberty Safe. Visit libertysafesofmissoula.com or go to their showroom at First National Pawn on Reserve Street or in East Missoula. Uh, you were there at Loyola for a little while too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the biggest difference you noticed between uh, Class B and
3: AA? Um... I mean, first of all, I just want to say I loved Loyola. It was such a great experience. Um, I loved the group of kids there. The families and the community were just as awesome. Um, You know, my decision to transition from Class B to AA basketball just had to do with the fact that a lot of those AA jobs, you know, it's uh, they don't come open very often. Totally. You know, you look at my coach, Karen Deaton, that was there for 22 years. So um, just trying to make, you know, I had to set aside the relationships that I had with those kids and um, the care and the love that I had put into that program and try and make a business decision, which was really difficult. Um, But just trying, you know, as a, I want to work my way up to the highest level of coaching possible and, um, you know, getting to coach at the highest level that we have here to offer in Montana was definitely um, in my mind. If, by chance, Coach
1: Deaton's listening, or if you hear this some other time, okay. I, I remember Karen, she wants to start contributing. She's like, I want to be an analyst on the show. I'm like, okay, yeah. let's go. Oh, God, she'd be great. Oh, she would be so good, right? And so, if you, by chance, I haven't forgotten, Karen, I still have your number, so yeah. I'll, uh, I'll reach out to you now that we're in the, uh, the heart of basketball season. But yeah. it's fun to see the influence she's had, though, right? I mean, you coached against Tyler Hobbs okay. the other yeah. day. Hobbs is at Sentinel, your alma mater, yeah. where Karen used to coach. You guys both coached under Karen, mm-hmm. so uh, it's just cool that you guys kind of both learn from one of the greats to ever do it here in the state of Montana.
3: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, she's, um, like I said, you know, she's really been like a second mom in my life and, she, you know, her and my parents are great family friends and we, I get to have dinner with her, you know, every so often, catch up and see her and uh, she's just been such an awesome mentor in my life and, um, you know, she, she, Kind of helps, lays out the blueprint for the type of coach that I aspire to be and um, the impact that she's had on the basketball community here, as well as her mom, her late mom, um, Nancy, has just been second to none, really.
1: Uh, you probably never thought, uh, growing up in Missoula and then playing for the Central Spartans, that you'd be coaching at Hellgate. No. So uh, what's, what's that part like?
3: <laughs> I know we joke that I'm on the, you know, went to the dark side or whatever, but... Um, the other night I joked with Hobbs I was like I got to make sure I'm clapping when the when the right you know when the right basket scored I'm not <laughs> right. messing it up um, no it's been really awesome I think the the Evolution that I've seen of it, you know, since I've been in high school is that now the rivalry had you know, it's a, it's a true rivalry. Like sure. they go back and forth. And um, so that's really fun to see. Crosstown's been kind of revived. And there's a lot of respect um, with, you know, the growth of the AAU circuit and everything. And the, a lot of those kids, you know, work out together, train together, play AAU together, and just happen to go to different schools, you know, during the school year. And so there's a lot of respect there. And um, it's fierce, but it's fun. And uh, I, I'm, I'm very glad to be a knight now. <laughs> Basketball has become uh, I mean, it always has. Has been so
1: competitive, but there's yeah. so many different opportunities for, especially young ladies to mm-hmm. to hone their game year round. And I know like Lisa Failor is doing such a good job out of her place. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many opportunities for for girls to get coaching and playing on the AAU circuit and all that. So how do you sort of balance that the high school program with a lot of the other stuff that these girls can do in the off season?
3: I mean, I think it helps that I I grew up in that era. You like, did it too, uh, right? yeah. I, yeah. That, I did that, and I understood the importance of doing that, you know, in order to um, elevate my game. And that outside of of coaching, that's what I do as my day job, day job is I have a gym. I have a facility for kids that I've had for the last five years. Um, and so I you know, I understand the balance and I understand, you know, the sacrifices that kids make and stuff and trying to communicate with them to, you know, find that right balance, making sure that during the basketball season with school that that's what you're focused on, but making sure that you're um, training and preparing your body and getting the right nutrition and all of those other factors that are so um, vitally important nowadays, which is awesome to see, making sure that, you know, us as high school coaches are just as as aware of it and and helping the kids through that process.
1: It it is so funny. I was uh, interviewing uh, Trisha Ben earlier yeah. uh, today from Montana she's State. Awesome. And she's great. And uh, but coach Bill was saying, man, I wish I would have known all this stuff about nutrition <laughs> and stretching yeah. and all. I mean, she was playing in the 90s. She's like, "Yeah, we just rub some dirt on it, whatever." I never even stretched in my yeah. whole life. It is, it is so crazy how complex it's become, but it's good for the athletes, right?
3: Oh, for sure. I think I remember actually going on a visit to uh, MSU and Trevor, you know, coach Binford told me the best thing you can do is uh, put your legs up in the air for a little while and then stand back up. You know, be <laughs> rejuvenated. I'm like, "Yeah, I love it. Old well, school." Um, but yeah, it's so important, you know. Now you see kids trying to get every possible edge, and you know that was definitely the type of player I was. I always said that you know I wasn't naturally gifted. I was I wasn't naturally talented, but I I learned how to work my butt off. Um, I really dedicated myself to the sport and to the craft, and um, trying to you know get every edge possible and finding the right balance between you know recovery and, and workouts and pushing yourself and um, rehabilitating. And so um, it's a it's a interesting field now that kind of goes hand in hand with basketball
1: for sure manny keese missoula hellgate girls basketball coach joining us here in studio for the garden city spotlight uh, that's cool you're training outside of um yeah your job as a coach too i mean uh, it's obvious that you love basketball what yeah. what is it that uh, you love though just uh, what keeps you in it and just so uh, making it so much a part of your life
3: um i don't i don't think i'd know what else to do right if i did anything else uh I mean, I started playing when I was three, and I, my parents used to joke my best friend was a basketball. I'd pick, take a basketball to school every day, a little Super Seattle Supersonics basketball with Modern. me. And uh, I just haven't stopped since. I, I love it. I love the evolution of it. I love the personal connections and um, the community that you get to build with it. I love the X's and O's. Um, I love how much it's evolved, how much, you know... Um, more recognition and appreciation women's basketball has gotten. For sure. I fortunately grew up in Seattle where we had season tickets to the Seattle Storm, so I got to watch Sue Bird from the time I was, you know, a little tiny. So um, it's just been amazing to see the evolution of it. I, I can't get enough of it. I don't know what else I'd do.
1: It's also, awesome. I mean, the, my first gig as a newspaper writer back 15, 16 years ago was covering women's basketball. Yeah. And it, it has been so fun to watch how much it has grown in exposure. Yeah. How, do you, how have you seen just the, the game change?
3: Oh, you know, just I mean, obviously, th- the different type of athletes. You know, this new generation of athletes. Like you know, you talk about like you know, we have a six six girl. Like <laughs> right. that, every Alex Cole from Missoula, and, Hogan, yeah, right? absolutely. And um, you know, while she might be an anomaly in Missoula, like she's you know, there's other six six girls nationwide. Sure. There's other you know, big tall dominant post players that um, you know are are. are coming up through the game, as well as, you know, the evolution of, uh, the outside game and how Steph Curry, you know, kind of just translated or changed the game of basketball in general with the three-point shot and everything. And you see guards like Diana Taurasi, Maya Moore, Sue Bird, um, just that those people are finally getting their flowers and their recognition. Sylvia Fowles, I mean, you just can't speak enough to how much women's basketball has finally grown in the recognition as for the work and the type of athletes that those people are finally getting. Um, I'm really happy to be a part of it on the high school level and, um, you know, get to have those girls get their recognition as well. They deserve it. They put in just as much work.
1: That's been the thing that's changed the most to me is just the, the way the game is spread out. Both mm. both men's and women's yeah. basketball. But I mean the actions that these high level women's basketball teams are running i mean oh, I, yeah. to me i prefer it actually compared yeah. to to men's basketball in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. it is more free flowing it's more open it's more skill yeah. based it's more in a lot of ways it's more fun to watch
3: yeah i think it definitely goes back to the fundamentals of the game you know where you know obviously men's basketball is like super is super fun to watch super exciting you get to get to see a lot of above the rim play um you know all those high flyers and stuff where some females you know can't rely on that above the totally. rim play some of them definitely can but some of them can't they have to go back to kind of the basics and the fundamentals and you get to see those peer shooters you get to see those um you know girls that have two or three counter moves to the move that they're doing and can't just rely on a nice two-handed slam even though <laughs> even though some of them can
1: <laughs> for sure yeah. maddie Keys was hellgate girls basketball uh, in studio with us uh getting uh, into the heart of the season now yeah. so um what's next for you guys who's, who's up
3: next on the schedule yeah so uh our Froshmore team plays big sky tonight and then we get nice. uh, to face them tomorrow in crosstown um over there in their house so um that'll be super exciting that'll wrap up the first round of crosstown and then we just have the flathead and glacier um duo to to um go up and face next week and then that'll wrap up the first round of conference
1: play Crosstown at Big Sky tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, who's up first, girls or guys? Boys. boys. So boys, boys first, first and tonight. girls second. So if you need something to do tomorrow night, head on down to Missoula Big Sky. And yeah. uh, should be really fun. Maddie Keyston studio with us. It's our Garden City Spotlight. Thanks for coming by.
3: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
1: Nuwana's now ESPN Radio Garden City Spotlight, presented proudly by Missoula Electric Co-op, who's been proudly serving safe, affordable, and reliable energy to their members since 1936. Some more women's hoops. Darian White, one of the best point guards in the Big Sky Conference, joins us next. Don't change the channel. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio.
0: Oh! It's Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanas, thanks so much for hanging out with us. We got a rivalry game in Missoula on Saturday times two The doubleheader back for the first time in a long time. It's so funny because yeah, so much of what derailed the world (laughs) and specifically the sporting world, it like impacts the way you remember things because it was so. I'm telling you, it was so terrible covering college hoops during the pandemic. Like sitting in the gyms with no one in there. It. It was so bad, man. It was it was really hard to to deal with, and so then you you just you don't even like remember any of that stuff because it was just so unmemorable. Because so much of what we love about sports, whether it's the camaraderie or the ceremony of it, or you know the the congregation, whatever, it wasn't there. And uh, I I guess I hadn't realized until Riley in voice of the Grizz, put it in perspective. He's like, there hasn't been a uh, rivalry basketball doubleheader in Missoula in three years. That's crazy. We're completely different people than we were three years ago. So it'll be great to have it back. The women's game, 2 p.m., the men's game, 7 p.m. How about one of the pivotal figures in the first of the two rivalry games? Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, Coulter Nuanas. Now coming to you with our Montana State Minute. And it's a rivalry weekend. Montana State at Montana, doubleheader in Missoula. The ladies' game tips at 2 p.m. The men's game tips at 7 p.m. We're joined now by All-Big Sky point guard for the Montana State women's basketball team, Darian White. Darian, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing good, thanks. How are you? Very, very
1: good. Uh, first of all, um, let's talk about this recent stretch you guys had. Really, really challenging. Three games in five days, but you guys got hard-fought victories in all three. So uh, what do you think the keys were to that? And just from an athlete perspective, what's it like sort of managing just just the mental and physical challenges of playing three games in five days?
4: Uh, the first thing I would say is making sure to take care of yourself. Um, I think our team does a really good job, you know, getting into treatment, uh, taking care of our bodies, eating the right things, getting enough sleep and things like that, just to stay prepared um, for practice and the games, of course. And then um, every scout, you know, we just try to execute what the coaches have planned for us and uh, just to do what we do. Um, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> you guys had a, I think you started two and two, but now you're sitting here at five and two. And so it was sort of a turning point for you. So, I mean, what do you think is, is uh, sort of uh, – how have you guys sort of hit your stride here uh, this last couple of weeks?
4: I would say mostly just figuring out um, things that, you know, we have to fix. Uh, perfecting, let's just say the simple, perfecting the simple. And so uh, just executing what, what we do, uh, staying consistent with our identity on the offensive and defensive end, and just, um, you know, learning from our mistakes and carrying those things on to the next game.
1: Fun watching just how much depth you guys have, too, just how many players can step up and, and hit big shots. And, uh, I mean, you guys have had so many different leading scores and contributing players yeah. and all that, but it was fun watching Leah Beattie catch fire down there in Ogden. It seems like she's playing really well as well. So, I mean, what have you thought of yeah. just uh, her ability to sort of raise her level of play? Yeah,
4: uh, it's so much fun playing with her. She brings an intensity um, that is so much fun to play with. Um, she's like a dog, you know, you – you know what she's gonna bring every day to the table she she rebounds like a beast she is a beast she can post stuff and so yeah she's um she's a very fun player to play with and uh, she's a great teammate
1: darren white joining us here uh, on Nuanas now at espn radio so you got some momentum coming in here to this uh, rivalry game uh, but, but when you when you sort of just think about uh cat grizz in general i mean what sort of comes to your mind uh
4: just that arena honestly uh Obviously, it's a rivalry game, so um, we're very pumped up. We're amped, so I'm excited, but, um, you know, I'm trying not to get too focused on the wrong things, you know, just um, trying to prepare for the game and just to focus on ourselves so we're ready to play them.
1: Sort of wild to think, too, now with you as a senior that uh, this uh, probably your last time playing in Missoula, at least in the regular season, and I guess the, the tournament being in Boise. So uh, in all likelihood, probably your last game uh, in Missoula. So, I mean, have you considered that? What do you think of that opportunity?
4: I haven't really thought about it uh, much, but, you know, I'm excited. I actually love playing in that arena. I hate it, but I love it. You know, it's, right. it's, uh, it's fun, you know, um, just with all the fans around. It's super loud. It's, it's uh, a challenge for sure, and I think it helps the team, you know, stay together. It's going to uh, challenge us in many ways that I think will help us later down the road.
1: Uh, fun point guard matchup in the game, and it's, it's interesting because it's sort of a familiar foe for you, but in a different jersey, right, and Gina Marks, and I know Gosh. you're going to be guarding some other gals and, and all that, but um, what do you just sort of remember about your past matchups? Because you guys have played not only in the regular season against each other, but also in the tournament several times as well. Uh,
4: yeah, I remember her being, you know, super fast. Uh, she's a very attack-minded guard. Um, you know, I respect her game and stuff, so I'm, I'm really excited to play against her.
1: What else about Montana? I mean, what sort of things do you notice that's maybe similar to the past Lady Grizz teams? And what's maybe different this year uh, than maybe what you've seen in the past? Uh,
0: they're
4: pretty strong in the post play. I know G-Fell is one of their main um, players. She's very talented. And so, you know, we got to find ways to uh, stop her and stop their main players from um, executing what they want to execute.
1: And this game always has so much... Uh passion emotion energy around it so i uh, just kind of settling in especially as the the road team i mean how do you go about preparing yourself for that element
4: i think just mentally like you said you know preparing yourself uh for the game we know that it's going to be super loud in there so uh i think you know we've already talked about it the past couple ga- or days and practice and stuff just um knowing how to communicate with each other preparing ourselves for how loud it's going to be and uh, making sure that we're on the same page we know what we're going to do and um
1: how we're going to do it and uh, i think as long as we do those things and we prepare well we're going to be fine darren white montana state senior point guard joining us here uh, on new now uh just two more things for you darren first of all um a milestone this last uh weekend as well for you 1500 career points and i know you don't much like to talk about it yourself but uh, just yeah. in ter- just in terms of sort of enjoying uh th- this uh, this kind of one of the final chapters of this ride for you. I mean, how are you going about doing that? And, and uh, how enjoyable is it just to sort of be soaking it all in and, uh, and having one last run with Montana State?
4: It's very sweet, honestly. Um, you know, I try not to think about those things because I think it just adds pressure and, um, stuff like, negative stuff that I uh, don't really like to think about. So, um yeah, I, I try to stay, you know, in the present moment and just to enjoy, you know, the practices and the times, the memories that, you know, all of the girls and the coaches
1: share. So, yeah. Darren White, Montana State point guard, MSU in Missoula on Saturday to take on the Lady Grizz of Montana, a key Big Sky Conference matchup. Last thing for you then, I mean, what do you think are the uh, the key factors for your squad then? I mean, what, what will be the keys for you guys to have success on Saturday? Uh,
4: kind of like I said before, just staying together. Yeah. Um, just make sure that we are communicating well with each other just because it's going to be so loud, Um, not being on different pages. And I I really think as long as we uh, stick together and we're communicating well, you know, we're going to handle the game the way that we need to.
1: Darren, love talking to you. Thanks so much for catching up with us. I will definitely talk to you uh, sometime soon down the road, but thanks so much for being here. Thank you. There you go. One of the best. The Big Sky has seen in quite some time. And uh, honestly, she'll go down as one of the great players in Montana State history, Daring White, all Big Sky point guard for the Montana State Bobcats there in Missoula on Saturday. Our one of the books, our two coming at you. Carolyn's got a bunch of funny stuff this week, so stay tuned for that. Checker doesn't know sports. Next, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delanz of the Advocates You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.